Good morning once again. This is Talking Money. Mike Miller, your host for today. So we're glad to have you with us. For those who may be listening for the first time, this is not a sales program. We're here to educate, teach you about money, and make you a better steward of what God has given you and the resources he's allowed you to have. And if we know you're not taking it with you, so we want to make sure we do the right things with it while we are here. So each week, have different topics that we discuss here on Talking Money and have many, many different subjects that we've recorded shows on. If you go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com, TalkingMoneyRadio.com, you can pick up pretty much any kind of financial topic you want to learn more about. It's free of charge, and I think you'll get a lot more than you paid for it. And you'll go in there and you'll hear uh, me talk with um, either a guest or just expose it to myself greatly on uh, whatever topic topic it is. But today we've got a special guest. So this is, uh, I've been uh, excited about uh, this particular interview for as long as we've set this up and knew we were going to be talking today. But uh, Don Christensen is, is my guest today. And he is Senior Vice President, Executive Vice President of the Professional Athlete Division of Ronald Blue Trust. And and he's been doing it for a long time, not always with Ronald Blue Trust, but been working with athletes for a long time, like 35 years. And Ronald Blue Trust serves over 100 active, retired players, coaches, whether it's uh, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, PGA, NASCAR, NCAA, a lot of different um, um types of sports that that we work with and don's been running that division just stepped down from actually running it but he still works actively with clients uniquely he's a pastor so he's not a, a current teaching pastor but he certainly uses it to help teach and serves as a mentor to people at his local church uh, in in temp arizona and he's uh, been a number of boards uh, josiah venture uh, baseball chapel endurance pro athletes outreach is a is a regular um feature for them to have Don speak at their NFL and Major League Baseball uh, increase conferences every year. And I uh, did it virtually this year, Don tells me, and, and other events he's spoken at. Promise Keepers, a lot of you remember that. Walk Through the Bible and the Seed Company, Bible Translations. He's been in mission projects, traveled around the world teaching the Bible to nationals in many, many countries. So he's been around, and I know he's taken a lot of his clients and a lot of the professional athletes and encourages them to get out there and do this, put their put their money where their mouth is and go actually to these places and to visit those things. Uh, Don and his wife, Marsha, they have, they have two daughters and uh, one of them lives close by in Charlotte. The other one's uh, there near where he lives, five grandkids. And uh, that, that uh, gives him a good reason to come out to Charlotte to see the grandkids. So we'll look forward to having uh, Don come through Greenville. So welcome to the microphone after that uh, lengthy, but well-deserved uh, introduction. Welcome to the microphone, Don. Thanks, Mike. A pleasure to be here. So, so I'm too bad you couldn't come all the way out here for the show, but we understand that uh, that Phoenix is a long way away from here. So, I want you to tell the listeners, want them to learn a bit more about you. Tell them a little bit more about your journey, learning how to handle money, and and how and why did you ever get into financial planning, and real specifically with professional athletes? I know there's a unique story here that uh, we want the listeners to to hear from you. Well, I actually came through it through <clears throat> being a CPA, but I had a um, unique, uh, when I got out of the military, I went to uh, college on the GI Bill, and I was married and had two kids, but I uh, formed a CPA practice in 78, and um, I had kind of strayed from the Lord for a long time, and uh, actually was a, a baseball player that kind of brought me back <laughs> to the oh, Lord, Okay, and so I, I had... I ended up um, 
one man who was a financial planner. Financial planning in like the early 80s was just brand new you know, for people doing it. So I didn't even really care about adding it to my practice, but I this uh, financial planner asked me if I would do the tax returns for his clients, which were all professional athletes. So after one year, I did his um, planning for him or his um, tax returns for him. But I realized this guy was going to get these guys in trouble. He, and he, he later on went to jail uh, years later. But I, I, so after a year, I said, get, get an in-house CPA. And then it was one of the players that started, came to me and said, I want you to do my financial planning too. So it started with one guy. But I read, um, so there was a, it's an interesting story is how I got with Ron Blue and the whole deal. Cause I was a, I was part of my CPA practice. I was both an agent and a financial planner. But I, um, there was one player that I was trying to market as a client, and Ron Blue was also trying to get him. So he said, asked me if I'd heard of Ron Blue. I said, yeah, I think he's one of those televangelists, name it, claim it guys, you know, because I'm trying to market and get this guy in. So, so I, I, you know, I, so anyways, I didn't get the client. Ron did. And Ron told me years later he was sorry he ever got the client. And uh, anyway, so about it. 87, I'd come back to the Lord. I was, I was just really on fire. And so I picked up Ron's book, Master Your Money, and I read it. And I told my wife, I go, I just got down and repented. Say, Lord, I didn't know there was that much in the Bible about money. And I'm just going to, this is the way I'm going to do it from now on, because I'm advising clients. I think I had four car payments at the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm a CPA and advising clients on their money and stuff. So I decided to do it God's way. And I looked at the book, you know, there's a picture of Ron's picture on the book. I told Marsh, I go, Cal, wouldn't it be great to be this guy's partner? And two years later, I'm sitting at breakfast and the phone rings and Marsha says, hey, honey, it's uh, Ron Blue. I go, yeah, right. She goes, no, it's his name's Ron Blue. So Ron heard what I was doing with athletes from, uh, you, you know, Russ Cross and his uh, oh, yeah. his father-in-law. We were elders together at church and he had told Ron what I was doing. And they were getting to, you know, starting to expand uh, offices nationwide. So he asked me if I would open up, join them, and open up the Phoenix office for them. So uh, that's kind of how I got into that. And so what I did was I, I merged our finance, my financial planning firm into it. It was called CFP, Christensen Financial Planning. A neat deal there. <laughs> but I kept the CPA firm for another ten years. Yeah. Uh, so it was just kind of that's how I kind of worked it all in and. Um, uh, that's how we started. And I just, athletes were part of the practice, but later on it became a major part as more and more clients came. But I, I really, Mike, wanted out of, you know, I just didn't want to just do athletes. But then it just started, they started coming and saying, hey, you know what, help us give our money away. So, and I was spent a lot of time on the mission field. So it really kind of worked out to be, it became a dominant part of uh, our practice. And then in 2014, they asked me, Don, let's, form a division. They were dividing the company into four divisions. They said, we want to do a professional athlete division. So I started that and then I was, um, you know, hired Reed Cross and, and started mentoring Reed to eventually take over, um, the executive vice presidency and the managing director of it. So I could spend more time with the clients and the, on the mission field, got to able to do that this year. So wow. that's, that's the cliff note version. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, I think it's, um, it's one of those things that people on the outside looking in and think of professional athletes and think, wow, they've got this, this dream job and they've got so much money and they're, they're obviously a lot of people think extra money 
means I've got no problems when in actuality, the extra money can give you different kind of problems and maybe even more problems than you, than you had before. So I know we're going to talk about a lot of that kind of stuff today. Of course, uh, Don would have been aware of things and seen things that most of us will never see because he's working with them uh, on their personal life and, and gets a whole different perspective than what we do when we just see these professional athletes uh, on TV. So when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about things like, well, what happens to both athletes when the game is over? And, and what, what is the hardest sport to deal with? And, and why is that? So we want to cover some of those things uh, with Don Christensen with uh, the professional athlete division of Ronald Blue Trust. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust as the sponsor of Talking Money. As a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives. Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit? which is usually the common perspective, or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, Director of Family Matters, said it well, quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. You can't write your values into the will. You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan, a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation, unquote. Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. You can find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today. My special guest, Don Christensen, Executive Vice President of the Professional Athlete Division of Ronald Blue Trust. So glad to have Don calling us in from Arizona. And uh, I, I couldn't help but think of the awards that some of these professional athletes have. They're, they're always, um, I guess, trying to get other awards. But we've got some special awards that uh, we had three awards that our clients, uh, they're all clients of Ronald Blue Trust that earned in the last year or so. Uh, talk to us about that a little bit, Don. Well, they're <clears throat> one of the things that we tend to attract a, a type of client that is very, um, they think their money is a, a resource that God's given to them, not just uh, for their own living and, and joy, but also to help other people also. And people who think like that and think about community and think about how do I help those others who are less fortunate than me, there's awards that different um, uh, sports give out. In, in golf, it's the Payne Stewart Award. And actually, Payne Stewart, at one time, you know, Payne was a client of ours. Um, he, uh, but he, it was his award because of his uh, charity, philanthropy, whatever you want to call it, um, was there. So... This year, um, we had a, a client that did get that award. We had a client that, in baseball, it's the Roberto Clemente Award. And I'm free because Adam Wainwright mentioned this on national TV. Adam Wainwright of the St. Louis Cardinals won the Roberto Clemente Award. He was nominated five different times. But it is, most players will tell you, that is the most 
next to the Hall of Fame, the most prestigious award to get. And then in football is the Walter Payton Award. One of our players was up for the Walter Payton Award. He won the Bart Starr Award, Demario Davis with the Saint, um, New Orleans Saints. Um, so it's just really a, it's fun to have those type clients that you can pour into to their giving and, and, their, their, and help them, show them where be, uh, to give to. Because most wouldn't know they can cause it, unless they had a plan. And then a lot of times they don't have the time to build the relationships, so it's fun to be able to introduce them to those relationships yeah. and help them really understand what money's about and how to handle it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would imagine that one of the main reasons anyone picks a financial, uh, a particular financial advisor, um, but especially in the professional athlete, when you've got the potentially the kind of money that they have and also the, the notoriety that they have, the publicity that they get and so forth, they're, they're just under the microscope, uh, microscope so much more, um, that trust and, and the competence of the advisor, I guess, that's one of the reasons they came to Ronald Blue Trust. I, I have to assume that, but is that pretty accurate? Yeah, they they're looking, you know, you really are, you know, you when you hire a financial planner, you're not, you know, a lot of people can do what one planner does that they have the same technology, same access to investments and funds and everything else, but you're hiring their process. Where does their what is their philosophy come from? What are they going to their counsel? What's it based on? And of course, you know, our firm is we base it on on from the scriptures that the Bible speaks more about money than any other subject and God, um, and it works for, it works whether you believe the Bible is true or not, the principles in there work for everybody. The borrower slave to the lender works for everybody. Hey, you choose bondage or you choose freedom. What do you want to do with it? How much, how much debt can you handle? And that's what people are looking for. And that's where we come from. And so, um, and same thing with clients. I'm looking for clients that will listen to us um, and not just, you know, after a while, if they're just, uh, you know, I ask them if they're not going to listen to our advice, why are they paying us a fee? Oh, uh, and especially is with, with this athlete division, you know, with the athletes, I don't want to be around when they go broke because they haven't listened. Cause they, since many times they start blaming everybody else instead of pointing the finger at themselves. And you see that in the paper a lot where an athlete goes broke and, and he's blaming everybody else. But many, much of the time they have to point the fingers at themselves also. Yeah, that's interesting because that's about the only time you see athletes or any kind of celebrity in the news, in the paper and so forth is when they make mistakes and they, they go broke. And the other times when they're maybe getting an award, but most of the rest of them in between, you don't see much about. But so you, you want to have one of your clients, especially be one of the ones that, that shows up on TV and on the, in the newspaper articles that talk about the going broke and the, the crazy decisions that they made and, or, and, and whether or not they went with, and, and sometimes not their fault per se, they might've invested their money with somebody like a Bernie Madoff who ends up stealing the money. But, but part of it was still, they believe this person that was giving them this uh, advice and this investment opportunity that they said was, you know, going to earn them a, a percent of every month and 12% a year and, and be virtually guaranteed. Well, they believe that. So they didn't have the right kind of advisor to, to really help explain how that, because it's, sounds too good to be true it, it probably is and certainly it was in that particular case for sure so what are some of the other uh, big mistakes that you see professional athletes make i know many other people make the same mistakes but but the the what are some of the biggest uh hurdles that they have well, to get over that's different than the average person what kind of mistakes do they make because of it 
we provide a service. We're like the family office for our, like we have a family office division, the firm, as you all know, Mike, and we have, we're like that family office and that our, our athletes, they send us their, uh, their paychecks. We, we have their bank accounts. We have everything. We can, we really, they're business managers and we provide a, an office, maybe a family office for them. So we pay their bills and everything like that. Now what the problem for a lot of athletes is when they, they tend to disassociate themselves from their finances and say, well, Hey, Don's my man. He takes care of that. I go, worst mistake. We, I say, you're never going to say that you're going to, we're a stewardship coach. We're coaching you, but you've got to make the decisions. And we need enough information, and you and and your wife are going to both participate in this process, or you're not going to make decisions. You got to have checks and balances here. One of the things that you know, if uh, if you're paying, if if you know their bank accounts are with us, they get a copy of their bank accounts sent directly from the bank. How Bernie Madoff made out with you know robbing these people is they never got uh, any type of outside verification. Of what was he held uh, in their process? They're never, you know, fidelity. Of, you know, we use fidelity as as our um, trustee, uh, our platform, and they get all of our clients get a direct statement from fidelity to just that checks and balances. And many athletes don't; they're not watching their stuff, and that's how they they end up losing money and stuff. And they're not taking the time. And someone else says, "I'll take care of that for you." You go, "No, you're we're part of." Um, their advisory team there, but they have to be involved, and and they don't get involved is a problem. Do they get approached? Uh, it seems like the based on what we read, that they get approached more than the average person for deals. Um, they've got friends, quote unquote, friends or contacts oh. that make them that say, "Hey, buddy, you ought to you ought to check out this investment." Or a friend says, "Hey, I want to go into business, and I need this much money to do that. It'd be a great business opportunity for you." Uh, do you see that they are more susceptible to falling prey to those kinds of quote unquote deals? Oh, absolutely. There, it's a deal a minute they're getting in their lockers, everything else. The the guy next to them, the center fielders, tell them about the deal he just did. I've told many of them. I go, once you let the center field do your financial planning, and by the way, I know he's broke, so you yeah. should <laughs> you know, forget that. Yeah. But they're you, but they get family and friends, and you. And here's the thing that all these deals, that a lot of the times, they're, they're approached with. They put up all the money and all the risk, and for a very smaller percentage of the deal, and it's always using their money. And I just, I just have told all our players, unless you can. Yeah, unless you know this investment well enough that you can explain it to your wife and she understands it, we're not even going to talk about it. And then unless I see them with their own capital up there, we're not even going to look at it. So 99% of the deals that they bring to us go in the trash can because they're just not worth it. Yeah. So what are some other mistakes that you see professional athletes make uh, along the way? They, they get a life. Here's, I think one of the, one of the biggest ones is, you know, you pull up to the, you know, the parking lot for the baseball players or say the football players, any of them, you know, it's not, you're not seeing Chevy station wagons in there. <laughs> there is a lifestyle that they have become an, accustomed to and watching everybody around them. And they don't build a lifestyle they can maintain outside the game. Many times their lifestyles are just what they can afford in the game. Mm-hmm. They don't understand, and, and family and friends don't understand. When, when someone signs, a, say, a, a $10 million contract for a year, 
they're only going to get maybe six million to or five and a half million dollars out of it after agent fees and taxes. So they don't see the big picture of what it really means. They're not taking a look at what if I choose today to spend this lifestyle. At what point do I go broke? I really try and help. The first place we start with any athlete is is a financial plan. What are their goals? What do they want to do? What do they want to do outside the game? And then showing them that what the impact of their lifestyle is 20 years from now. So if they lose, they come to us with an investment. I say, well, let's look at first off, if you lost this money in this investment, what will it do to you 20 years from now? Can you afford to lose it and still maintain your lifestyle? Mm-hmm. So that that's the whole thing that they're not, you know, we're big on cash flow on doing a one year cash flow that we can look at this cash flow for the whole year and show them here's what you're really netting out of this salary after your lifestyle, you spend this, you're helping family, whatever. And you'd be surprised how, you know, guys that might make $10 million might come out with 1.8 million at the end of the year. Yeah. Out of that whole deal. Yeah. Which most people still look at that and say, well, that's a lot of money, but then not realize that may have to last them the rest of the life if they don't, if they don't play for very long. So I want to talk about that. Like how long do you estimate they're going to make the kind of money they're, they're making? And what do you estimate after that? A whole host of other things we want to talk to you about. We'll be back with the second half of talking money with my special guest, Don Christensen in just a few minutes. Ronald blue trust is pleased to sponsor talking money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's one 800 5887526 Now back to talking money. And welcome back to the second half of Talking Money. My special guest today, Don Christensen. He's the executive vice president of the professional athlete division of Ronald Blue Trust. Been working with professional athletes for 35 years, probably over 35 years now. And Don, before the break, we were talking about how some of the professional athletes, one of their biggest mistakes is they assume that they're going to be making the same kind of salary. They may have got a $10 million contract. They end up with maybe $2 million, which is still a lot of money, but they're, they're not going to make that money for that long, perhaps. At least they have to plan for that, that they may not, but they live like they're going to forever. So there's this kind of a longevity illusion that people have that think all oh, athletes make a lot of money. They're going to make it for a long time. And that whenever they stop um, playing, whatever sport they're playing, that they're, gonna, they're, they're just set for life. So that's, that's really an illusion, right? Uh, talk to us a little bit about your experience with that. Well, you, you know, the NFL stands for not for long. In fact, there is, it's about three and a half years is the average um, stay for an NFL player. It's, wow. you know, you're, people read the papers. They, they're thinking that they're reading the top 10%. 
that stay for a long time. Baseball is probably five and a half years. There is, there's probably only, if you think baseball is about 130 years old or whatever, 140 years old, think about this. There's only 70,000 people in the history of the world to ever play baseball. And only 7,000 have ever had a, a, a career of nine to 10 years in all those years. So it's not, it's a pretty unique group of people that get a longer um, contract. A lot of times guys are, and I've seen guys play nine, 10 years, but never make big salaries, make minimums the whole time, almost just as bench players or whatever. And they're really, what you help them do is save enough money to retrain when the game's over, because you just don't know how long it will be. But it's like the long-term careers, you know, Tom Brady's are, Hey, they're once in a lifetime guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They can play yeah. to their 42. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, and Drew Brees is coming up on that too. He's doing this kind of the same thing, but that is the uh, exception. Yeah. yeah so when, when you're planning for these, these athletes though, how can you plan, um, for, you know, when you're doing a normal, uh, financial plan, retirement analysis, somebody you're assuming them are going to make this salary. It's going to increase, you know, 4% or 3% a year. They're going to do that for 30 years or another 15 years until they retire. But with the professional athletes, you got to assume some number of years with some income that they're going to be making. And it may, in, in more so than the average financial plan is, is, is not as likely to happen because it's, and sometimes just a wild guess. Yeah, and they can they and the thing is they're an injury away. So you don't really know. So you make some assumptions, you run some scenarios, but you always say, Hey, you play based on the worst case scenario and then you can plan and you hope for the best scenario, uh uh totally. Because you, you don't know how long they will play. I, I, you think about golfers. Really, you know, those times you know they don't know from one Sunday till the next how much they're going to make. Sure. So it's even harder to plan for that. So it takes a lot of watching, a lot of saying, hey, here's a point where you can play the game. So like, you know, for a baseball player, we plan based on whatever contract they have, I plan for it, that's it. Then if you can help them get to financial independence in that contract, then they can play for for fun or for, um, you know, they can play to give instead of live. Yeah. So it's a whole different thing. So it's, it, that's fun, especially like this year, last year and this year, a player can give away a hundred percent of his uh, salary and deduct it. Right. So it's like, I've, I've challenged a couple of players to do that. So you've already financially independent. You mean you, you have enough that's going to last you your lifetime at your lifestyle. So you could give this year a hundred percent of it away. And, um, and really, you're only given if you say, if I challenge to give away $10 million this year or, or put $10 million in their uh, donor advice fund or in their foundation, they go, well, you could sit here and, you know, Uncle Sam basically put in $4 million for you. Because you only put six, he put the other four in. Yeah. That's a good deal. And it's a unique situation that happened last year and this year. What about endorsements? I mean, you, you see people like an Aaron Rodgers or Phil Mickelson. You see them, um, uh, Zach Johnson. You see these guys that, that, that will be uh, endorsing products or even that get them on their, their ads on TV. Uh, that Players like that that have endorsements, especially, let's say, in the golf area where they, they've got all these the names on their shirts and on their hat and they have certain kind of clubs. People assume that, well, okay, well they're, even if they don't make the cut, they still have these endorsements and, and many of them are making, or maybe some of them uh, are making more money on the endorsements than they are playing golf is uh, give us some perspective on that. 
Well, most of them in golf, it is. Most of them are making more money off endorsements than they are actually in winnings. But they got to have a certain winnings to be able to be seen on TV sure. for the oh, endorsements yeah. to work. Yeah. So you're not going to have big endorsements if you're number 125 on the money list every year. It's it's your top you know, it's your top 50 guys that are making the most money, and so and that's how they do it. They Titleist pays you based on the amount of times they see that logo on TV. And so if you're in, if you're not making the cut, you're not going to be on TV. And so you're not going to make that type of endorsement. Baseball, you don't have the endorsements in baseball like you do in in football. And it's really the top guys in football that get them or, or basketball. You know, it's the LeBron James, the Tiger Woods, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady. That's really, you know, who make it in team sports. Just a few. A lot of the other guys are getting paid to wear, you know, have the glove or the shoes. But many times it's it's a hundred thousand dollars a year it's not like the millions that yeah you know guys who who pay playing tailor made are gonna that they're paying them to do and it's come down a lot in in recent years also oh really so, okay um but 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 your your tennis and you know it's the williams sisters that are going to have the big endorsements you, you've got to be a big time winner to get those yeah, so those who have get more. It's it's the same old thing with <laughs> yeah. about any kind of business. So what happens to most oh, yeah. of those athletes once their game is over? How do you prepare them for for what their their vocation may be? I'm I'm, I'm sure some of them would go on a speaking circuit, but most of them are probably not going to be on the speaking circuit. Uh, so what do they do? What happens to them when the the game is over? Well, for a lot of them, it's it's all of a sudden their thrust into the eight to five world at an age where, you know, many of us have already been in it for many years. And it's, I always tell them that guys, look, you may be financially independent, but you need to find purpose in your life. Your kids need to see you doing something. And by the way, your wife invited you for breakfast and dinner. She didn't invite you for lunch. Yeah. So you, you need to get out of the house and you need to do something and find it. So that's a big thing. And it's one of the big problems in athletics is that, where many of them don't know what to do afterwards. So I try and help say, first thing you do is you're going to go back and finish. If you you know, didn't get your degree, you're going to go back and finish college. Because if you're in baseball, you're not going to coach college unless you've got a college degree. Mm. Um, so you need to go back in and at least finish that, make education important to you so your kids can see it too. Then asking the Lord where, where he wants them to do. A lot of them are prepared to do something afterwards or they start getting interested you know, a lot of them want to get into a business, and that's where a lot of problems come because they get in the wrong business or something they don't know much about. So it's a huge problem is what do you do at when you retire at 35? You know, I, I've told some guys that, that just, you know, we're saying, hey, Don, I think I'm going to quit. I go, and you can leave $16 million on the table because they could offer. I go, so those owners who are can go spend it and you could you know that 16 million what we could do in the kingdom with it so i challenge them all to play as long as you can if you're not hurt Mm -hmm. because you know you're never going to get this opportunity again and you got a whole lot of life to live um for a long time to make that money last and you you know mike you and i both know that the best way for retirement is to put off having to take the retirement as long as you can to make it last so yeah, so we have a, a client still who played in the NFL for about three years, I guess. He was an offensive lineman on top of his um, game at uh, University of Georgia and then went into the pro ranks after that. And after about three years or so, he was um, 
getting so beat up as an offensive lineman. He says, I just, my body just can't take this anymore. I, it wasn't about the money. It was about my health and I just couldn't yeah. do it. So uh, he's still a client today and uh, looks a lot different than he did. He's still tall, but he's not the big hunk. Like he was, you know, 350 pounds. <laughs> when we first met him and he walked through the door, it's like, Whoa, this guy's huge. Um, and of course yeah. he needs to be for the kind of people he's going up against. So th- that's, I guess all, included in why it's so hard to deal with the families and their friends and the effect it has on marriages. I mean, all that's part of it, right? Yeah. It's, it's just, especially is that a lot of times you have, you know, family and friends become the number one reason for actually probably divorce and professional athletes because your family and friends, they read in the paper what you signed for, you know, yes. everyone it's, it's common knowledge. You can go, I mean, you know, you can go to, you know, and Google, What's the net worth of um, Tom Brady? They don't tell you. I mean, it'll come up to an estimated net worth based on what they make and everything like that. So they read what's going on. They know what's happening and stuff. And so it's really helping our, our, um, our clients really understand how do you help your family and friends without enabling them? Yeah. What yeah. is a need? What's a need versus a greed? You yeah. know, I just tell somebody, look, you know, you can help your family out, but they don't need to have a Louis Vuitton lifestyle. I had a player once that just him and his wife were living in an apartment and both parents had brand new homes. I go, what's wrong with this deal here? Yeah. So you just, you see that sometimes there, how that happens. And sometimes it gets worse even after the game because it takes sometimes a player 10 years to adjust to life outside the game. And if you say, okay, you save say $3 million that you have, and I always tell players, you can spend about 50000 for every $1 million you saved. So if you've saved $3 million, that's a $150,000 lifestyle. But if they're spending $250,000 and it takes them 10 years to adjust back, it's already gone. It's gone. Yeah. And, and that's, the, uh, that's what the – and that's the sad thing is to see them running out of money in their 50s and have being forced to take a pension or something like that from uh, the NFL or the, um, the MLB. So Yeah, right. Okay, Don, we got to take our last break here, and we'll be back with the last segment of Talking Money in just a couple of minutes. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I'm pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust sponsor Talking Money to help educate listeners about financial planning so you have the information needed to help you make more informed and hopefully better decisions. When a Ronald Blue Trust advisor meets with prospective clients, their goal is to determine if any of our services are a good fit for them. They don't sell any products like annuities or life insurance, and as a fiduciary, work to serve your best interest. Perhaps you just need a financial physical from the Everyday Steward Division without any ongoing monitoring, or you're about to retire and need to work with the Private Wealth Division to map out a financial path and then help implement and continuously monitor that plan. Ronald Blue Trust Advisors act like your quarterback, coordinating the advice you receive from your accountant, your state attorney, life insurance agent, and in some instances, even your investment advisor. You can learn more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. 
And welcome back to Talking Money. We've got about 10 minutes left here with my guest, Don Christensen, Executive Vice President of the Professional Athlete Division of Ronald the Blue Trust. There's a mouthful for you. Uh, and been been working with professional athletes for a long time. So, Don, some interesting conversation we've had, and I want to make sure I get in this question before we finish off. I know you've got some different stories, but I'm just – what are some of the, the more exciting or memorable experiences you've had with some of your professional athlete uh, clients? Because I know you've been – on trips and different things with them. But, but, uh, what, what comes to mind when you think about some of those experiences that you've had with them? Well, I think the trips and having special times out there, helping others and watching them as, of course, the, you know, some of the big highlights, but some are just the, the funny situations that happen at times. I, one of the things that I always tell people is that my, one of my, my golfers asked me to caddy for him in the Phoenix Open a couple of times, and, and I had caddied for him in the Kapaloo Open. And uh, But the last time I caddied for him, I hadn't caddied in a couple of years, and it's a really um, – it, it's it's kind of a – if you're not knowing what you're doing that much, it's, it's kind of anxious, and the other caddies are looking at you like you took a job from their friend. So this one caddy, the last time I – first hole – I, I picked up another the other uh, golfer's bag and started walking off with it. And this caddy goes, "I think that's our bag." <laughs> so it didn't start out real well. And then first the last hole. four, last four, the first hole, the last four <laughs> holes, you know, you had you wet the towel to to uh, wipe the ball off with and stuff. And so the last four holes, I, I mean, I'm almost I'm looking at the bag. I'm walking up the the fairway and I can't find the stupid rag. And I'm looking up and say, "Did I drop that somewhere?" So. I asked the golfer, uh, and he was just a really great guy. So you could do this with it, but he goes, "Has you got another rag in the bag, man? I don't have anything to wipe the ball off with." He said, "No, I don't have it." So I, when no one was looking, I spit on the ball and wiped it on the apron till another caddy saw what I was doing, and he helped me out the last two holes. So <laughs> he gave me the he, he gave me the most improved gol, uh, caddy award the next day. So, uh, but those are some fun. But I, you know, some of the other things that just helping your clients to understand really what you're doing, because most of them come from backgrounds where they didn't either have anything or, or poor or didn't see money at all. And I had in the eighties, I had one player that we were, you know, we, their paychecks are sent to our office and we pay their bills with it. But this player, we're not getting, we're getting all his bills and we're not getting any money, his salary or anything. And finally he calls up and says, um, Hey, you guys, uh, how come you're not paying my bills? And we go, well, you haven't sent us any money to pay him with. He goes, <laughs> well, you said you want to charge me a fee. He thought we were going to pay his bills out of our fee. Uh, so, and, and so I go, oh man, I've got to make this. We have to, we have an understanding deal here. So that's know, not much of a fee if you you're know, paying I, his I, bills I, from it. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just, so you have to really make, help people understand and stuff. So, um, and you know, I think people don't understand that how, we never, we don't have eight to five jobs. These guys call us at night, every other time. I've had calls when I was in Czech Republic and, you know, a lot of them got daddy issues at times or dad wasn't around or whatever. And so you're talking to people all the time. So it's a full-time job. And everybody thinks that we have a dream job that work in this division. I go, it is an awesome job and I, I don't complain about it, but it is also a heartbreaking job too see family issues. I, I've had to go through divorce. You know, someone has had divorces and stuff to see the pain and all those things comes with the territory. Wow. You're so close. When you're close to money, you are a trusted advisor. You are doing marriage counseling and everything else. When you have this much touch points with them, 
and um, it's an ongoing. We have a wonderful team too. Of our Barb Sinem has just been. She's been with me thirty years, and I mean, the things that our girls have done crosswalk duty for them. When I say we are full service financial planners, we are full service financial planners. Well, what and, are we? Uh, uh, how rewarding I had, is it? I, had, well, actually, I, have, I actually delivered a financial plan walking up goat hunting for a golfer <laughs> in the Bridger Mountains in Montana. And it's the only time I get, could get him, so I'm up there with him, and I don't even have a goat tag. So, I mean, so <laughs> I could tell you a lot of stories. Yeah, well, that's time, what, but, what we like to hear. So how rewarding is it, though, for you guys when the the professional athlete who has all these extra responsibilities, because they have extra money and extra exposure to the public, when they when they do what you recommend that they do, and then you see the results. I mean, you've been doing it long enough that you've had to see some really good results from a a client who has done what you said. I know we have, and we're not working with professional athletes primarily, but to see the results of the the fruition of what happens when they listen to your advice and do what you say. Yeah, it's it's awesome, and just to see the impact it has on the kingdom of helping kids and for them to see an experience go out there and hold children or see what building a medical clinic has done for them. But I think that the thing is that the mentoring, I challenged um, uh, at PAO, they've, I've designed a way to read the Bible in one year. And so a lot of players have asked me to help them read through the Bible. And really we do it as a group text, but Adam Wainwright, uh, um, he's been doing this for me about five years, but last year he decided to take his church through our, uh, one year Bible reading, and he did a commentary every day on it. But he invited he had about three hundred people sign up. Wow! But he decided to put it on Twitter. Twenty two thousand people joined his Bible reading program in a year and read it through in a year. That's I don't know how many finished it? But I just go the expanse of a platform and how and watching these guys use their platform well is really and see the the impact it has in so many areas whether it's missions or just getting people to grow in Christ is pretty amazing. Yeah. So that's been the fulfilling yeah. thing for me. And that's a key that they, they would one word that you said, they use their platform. Well, I mean, there's so many people that have a platform that in my opinion, they don't use it well and they use it for the wrong things for the wrong reasons. And it's just, it's sad. But when you see someone that a professional athlete that's using it for a good cause, especially for a, a biblical christian worldview cause uh, that that just you know warms our hearts to see that so all right we just got a couple minutes left here but I, we want to ask this question i've been teasing on the promo this week is that what's the hardest sport to deal with and why is it the hardest sport to deal with you know i think it's probably two but but one for me was and i'm not knocking is golf yeah. because golfers tend to the they all go to college they're all more educated they tend to they tend to not you know everyone serves them someone's wiping their ball off carrying their bag for them they run <laughs> around with big the big time corporate guys that think they're the smartest guys in the room so they got to deal a minute but it's just they they always they have they have to have a really ice water running in their veins so they don't get all excited about their their money and everything else so and because you can't plan for them because you don't know when they're going to win that to me is one of the hardest uh, uh, things to plan for. So I would say golf. NHL is another one that just the NHL players. You got about a third that are European, a third Canadian, a third American, 
and they're very unchurched, very unused, un, not used to having planning and stuff like that. So they're another one that's hard. Wow. All right, so two minutes left, Don. So the principles that we find in the Bible, and you've alluded to them during this uh, show today, uh, do they change for an athlete? Uh, they, they might be different than in how we would serve an athlete versus how we might serve another client? No, they don't change. That's the great thing about it. The principles never change. God gave us the manual there. They don't change. And I think it's helping them understand the responsibility of money. You know, First Timothy 6 Paul doesn't criticize wealthy people. He doesn't say, hey, don't be rich. He said, hey, if you're a Christian, become rich, or you're rich and become a Christian, you need to be rich in good works. And that's really what we challenge challenge them with is that, hey, it's about if you've been given more, more is required. That doesn't mean more necessarily money, but more effort is required. And you money will never cost these guys, you know, probably if they've made a lot of money, it's not going to cost them anything but their time does cost them something. So go going with their money is really helping them and helping them to understand the principles that how they work and they work for everybody. And um, so, and they're working. I've taught these principles in Sri Lanka. I've taught them in Romania under communism. The principles in scripture work for everybody. So. Wow. That's great. So our, our, our firm verse of verses, first Timothy six and 17 and 18, I'll let uh, the listeners look that up on their own, but certainly that's a, a passage of scripture that you can really hone in on with those professional athletes um, every day. Yeah, you bet. All right. So uh, Don, thank you so much for joining me. It's a little early for you, a couple of hours earlier than it is for us. So appreciate you joining us uh, today and talk about uh, your experiences with professional athletes. So thank you for joining me for Talking Money this week. And we'll talk to you again next week for the next Talking Money. Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested.